How do you make business problems disappear? Wrap them in bacon. For business owners, marketing execs, and anyone trying to grow your business, pump your profits, and make more while doing less, welcome to Bacon Wrapped Business with Brad Costanzo. Sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat. Profits? Every week our chefs will serve you proven recipes for ramping up your revenue. Now here's your host, Brad Costanzo. I have got a secret to share with you. I know the future. The future is that this episode is going to kick ass. And I say that because I've already recorded it, and now I'm coming to you after having just had an amazing conversation with my guest today named Ed O'Keefe. So I've known Ed for several years. I've met him in a mastermind when he was building his supplement business, which he's grown to a $50 million a year business. And he did this after having been a successful entrepreneur in multiple other fields, and he's succeeded and failed. He also knows how to balance his life with a very, very busy business. I mean, he's the father of, I believe, seven children. So he and his wife, they've got a lot to manage there, but he seems to pull it off really, really well. Ed is a master at productivity and something that he calls, and we're going to go into this, time collapsing and leapfrog theory. He is he is one of the most inspirational guys you'll meet, and he's got such a good grasp on the entrepreneurial journey that, you know, quite frankly, during this call, I forget that you're there. I jump into this conversation just me picking Ed's brain and asking questions that I think you like, but I know that I wanted to know. And we go off on a few different tangents, but really the core of this is how to build from scratch and scale a very profitable business in competitive markets and know the real world things that you have to watch out for, but also how to take shortcuts. For instance, we start off the conversation in the first few minutes of me asking him to repeat a story about how to get into extremely valuable social circles using a cool little hack, uh, using attorneys that you I, you probably never heard of. And I just, I, I thought it was amazing. So I'm gonna have him repeat that in just a second. Once more, this entire episode is so valuable if you're an entrepreneur or trying to be one. And I want you to listen to every minute. Now, if this is your first time listening to this show, if you're on the website, you can you know, subscribe to the newsletter. But also, if you're listening to this on iTunes, click that little subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. And at any time, if you ever want my contact information, if you want to send me an email with some feedback, uh, guest suggestions, you can send that to askbrad at baconwrapbusiness.com. Now, last but not least, before we jump into Ed's show, I want to let you know I am officially accepting applications for a marketing intern and somebody that I can teach and help grow and can work with me on a brand new venture that is uh, starting to take off. And there is a lot of room to grow here for somebody with the right attitude and some basic skill sets and the desire to learn and potentially earn. Uh, if you have any, if, if you want any more information on that, just send me an email to askbrad at baconwrapbusiness.com. Now, without any further ado, let's switch over to this awesome episode with Ed O'Keefe. By the way, Ed is also the host of his own podcast, which you need to go check out, called The Ed O'Keefe Show. So you can find that on iTunes as well. But um, had to get that plug in before we intro him. All right, let's bring Ed in on the line. Okay, so let's welcome Ed O'Keefe to the show. Ed, how are you, my friend? Awesome, awesome, Brad. So so excited to be here and uh, 
uh, be a part of your awesome community, man. This is great stuff. Yeah, dude, it's been a it's been a long time coming. I know we've talked about this, and you know, our, we we just haven't had a ch- chance to sit down and schedule this. And um, yeah, I'm excited to just kind of pick your brain here and hear about some of the cool stuff you are doing now. In addition to all the cool stuff you've done, I I definitely have some questions I want to dive into as it revolves around jumping into a business that you are you know, out of your comfort zone on and just doing what you call, I've heard you say this a million times, embracing the grind and yeah. and pushing through and getting that going. But also you're doing some really cool new things and I want to talk about it, including your, you know, the Ed O'Keefe Show podcast, which you guys need to, you know, definitely go subscribe to on iTunes. And this will be fun. I mean, for, you know, as I, as I mentioned in the introduction, Ed and I have known each other for several years ago. We met each other in a mastermind, which... By the way, masterminds, have, masterminds and events have been the single biggest thing that I've ever done to grow my business. Just, you know, strategic networking and understanding that everything is built around relationships. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more. It, you know, before we dive into a bunch of the, the backstory, uh, I'm actually famous on my show for not going too much into the backstory. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, all right, yeah, you were born a you know, poor child in the Midwest, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's. Um, I like to jump into the meat of stuff, but I want to selfishly go back to uh, about six months ago. We were at the Build Grow Scale event, and you were on stage, and you were recanting, I think, some advice you got revolving networking and building your uh, social circle or your business circle, and you were talking about using attorneys or lawyers strategically or somebody told you how to do this. Do you remember this conversation? Yeah, yeah I can. I mean, I can give you a, I can give you, yeah. I never forgot it. And I was like, I got to get that back out of Ed because I was trying to take notes when you said that. And I love this kind of stuff. I love the art of networking and, and building this out. So yeah, repeat well, what you said. Yeah, I think we're in a day and age that we have forgotten the art of uh, going deep in relationships. Yep. Um, and it's unfortunate, you know, and it, it's unfortunate, but it's, it, it's something that you just need to be aware of. Cause we, I think we all do it, especially now that, um, Facebook allows us to have massive quantity of a lot of, uh, uh, you know, one inch relationships where, you know, um, the, the, the people that I've studied, uh, and, and I talk about this in my book, The Art of Time Collapsing, a whole chapter on leapfrogging your your network. And if you actually looked at your net worth as being your network, yeah. And more, and I hate saying the word network because some people might go think uh, look at that as like networking, and and, and it it's got not, kind of a bad connotation to it sometimes. Like you think of the consummate yeah. networker as the guy who's, hey, how you doing? Here's my business card. Give me a call. Yeah, who's like cheesy, right? Yeah. So um, the story, I'll share the story that I shared, and then I'll, I'll share like one quick example of something that I've done twice recently that um, um, th- this isn't my story. This is a good friend of mine who um, he would go into countries, and he was a um, – he just had this um, – I, I joke with him. I call him – he's like kind of a James Bond slash like, uh, you know, CIA – not CIA, but like <laughs> – He's like a spy, but he's really not one. And um, but he likes working his way into the um, the most uh, influential, powerful, and wealthy of societies. And so, one of the things that he did, because he would invest in real estate, is he realized that um, 
the way you get access to some of the best real estate deals in these countries is you need to be in that network, right? And so step one for him was identify the law firm that um, he'd call two or three of these law firms, the, the mo- and he would stay in the most uh, expensive Ritz Carlton um, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the most expensive hotel <clears throat> in the uh, city or town or wherever he's at. He he would start start um, pretty much cold calling, but he he would have he would limit down. He would figure out like uh, who his target law firms would be. <clears throat> And he'd call them and he'd say, uh, you know, I'm a real estate investor and I'm looking uh, to hire a law firm who could do this, this, and this for me. Uh, and I, I'd like to set up a meeting. And then what he would do is say at the end of the call, he'd say, okay, great. Can you have a car pick me up at this hotel, which positioned him at that hotel? <laughs> and, um, you know, he obviously there's some uh, power moves there saying send the car here. You know, I'm not going to come this time. Um, and then what he would do is he would interview, I think, a couple attorneys. And the ones he would find, the law firms, he'd say, um, he'd put down a retainer. And what he realized was um, the intelligence of the lawyer might be worth a nickel, but his Rolodex is worth millions. Yeah. And so he, he'd pay the retainer. And what he was surprised about was that usually to retain some of these attorneys, especially like in the uh, – Real estate, real estate, or wealth investing, and stuff like that types of genres. You could put as little as a thousand to three thousand bucks down, and what would happen next is he would be getting invited to all the other uh, cocktail and special VIP um, uh, cocktail hours and meetings, which then instantly put him in the circle of these billionaires. You're or, a client, as far as anybody else knows. You're on equal footing at that point. That's right. And so, um, you know, then my friend talks a lot about, you know, at that point you need to, but this is true in all occasions, right? You need to know where you want to fit within that, that group. And so the one thing that you got to be cognizant of, are you going to try and get something from the group or are you going to figure out what you can give to the group and create massive value? So key. And, um, yeah. And so, um, Protecting your position in a structure is ridiculously important. Um, and when I mean structure, I mean like a, uh, uh, a social structure. And so if I decide to allow one of these guys to invest in me because he likes me, well, guess what? I may have the money, but guess who has more power? He does because now I work for him. So it, you know, these are just some of the things that he had had, and had shared with me and um, – we're just ridiculously good stuff about um, about relationship and network building. Yeah, and what I, what I love about that is it's just creatively understanding like who has the what where's that where's that hinge that's that little hinge that swings the big door, right? Who has those relationships? How can I get in with them? Even if I have to buy my way in, if and especially at, at those rates, it's not expensive at all. I mean, there's masterminds. I mean, I have one. I have been in ones that cost you know five times that, and um, there's just so many ways out there to meet the people that can help, I guess, grease the shoot and make things a lot easier in your life. And that's one of the big themes that I've also heard you talk about a lot, Which and you brought it up already, but I want to go deeper, which is both leapfrog theory and time collapsing. Yeah, and, my favorite things. Right. Yeah, so, so I'd love for you to kind of give us an overview of what those are and then share – 
how you have used those both when you were building your you know your, your megalith of a supplement company as well as the stuff that you're doing now with inspired wear and um, the new projects so what are they and how are you using them and how can people really kind of grasp this concept yeah I, well everybody listening can because it's very uh, simple yet they're big chunks so I'll do my best to um, give you the uh, you know the edge of the sword type things so so in my book I, I you know I, I, it's not out yet it's but you can get at my website like a, a few chapters free I talk about the trap like the, the trap of life like we, we live in this world where you are uh, made to believe that the things that society has set up for you is designed to make you successful. And the fact of the matter is they're really designed for you to be average, to uh, acquire a massive amount of debt, to never have enough money, to accumulate a bunch of stuff at rates you probably don't need it at, you know. And so in my book, I talk about, you know, this starts at preschool level, like where you start putting your child. And my, by the way, I have seven children. We, we all my kids go to uh, Catholic or um, you know s- schools in our area. There's a couple. Uh, my twins are still too young, so I'm not I'm not anti-school. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, even though I have my strong opinions uh, about learning, um, but what I talk about is that you know you learn you learn early that you're supposed to go to preschool, then kindergarten, then first grade, then second, and you know you can do the math, right? You can just keep going up this like ladder of of uh, parochial school where you pop out the end at, you know, say, let's just say you follow all the way through college, you amass a certain amount of debt that's been proven that uh, is not 83%, I think is the statistic of people that have gone through four years of college are now in a, um, a uh, profession or occupation that has nothing to do with what they spent four years studying. <laughs> And, and, and as you know, as a business owner and a, a consultant and entrepreneur, um, I got my degree in nursing, didn't use it, went out on my own, failed for four and a half years, did grassroots level type stuff to try and figure out what entrepreneurship is. But the biggest thing I realized was that the whole this whole thing that we're taught is supposed to be, uh, you're supposed to be, you know, getting, becoming more successful is really one big trap. And I think most entrepreneurs wake up one day and they see the illusion for what it is and, and they pop themselves out. And the first feeling is like a sense of excitement, yet there's also this doom and gloom of, uh, of, of, um, of, of, of like frustration and overwhelm and where do I go and how do I do it? And, um, you know, this is where, you know, again, the, when I, when I started learning how to be a motivational speaker, you know, which I'm not, I don't consider myself a motivational speaker, but that's one of the first businesses I tried starting in that world. Um, you know, they recommended that you go to like the, 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 the local association and then you work your way up to the national association. Got to pay your dues, right? Yeah. You got to pay your dues and you got to put your time in. And the fact of the matter is, is you could find this in every profession. When I consulted with dentists, um, when I coached volleyball, you know, my second year out of college coaching a team, we went to the national championship. Um, we, I out coached my kids outplayed coaches that have been coaching 12 to 15 years, who had way more experience, may have been better. But, you know, that's like you give them permission to be at this certain level above you. And so the leapfrog theory says that no one has the moral right or, or no, it actually states, and this comes from Robert Ringer's book, Winning Through Intimidation in the 70s. Such a great book. 
Such a great book that he actually renamed uh, Intimidation to be or not to be. Yeah. And, and really, um, the reason being is because he showed that your level of power and choice and flexibility in a relationship is the is the degree is the inverse degree that you're you feel intimidated. So if you feel that you are less than like you're uh, the person you're negotiating with or the person that's selling you, you're likely going to lose in that interaction, right? Mm-hmm. And so so there's a lot of positive things out of that book, and I'd recommend everybody get that. Um, the leapfrog theory is that you have it states that you have no moral right or obligation to work your th- your way through the ranks. That at any given moment you can state and just simply leap to the top of whatever it is you want to do. Now the caveat only is is that you need to be able to back up what you're doing. Um, and sometimes I found that you have to back up what you're doing as you're you're flying your way to the top. And the reason why this works is because that it's crowded on the stairs. It's not crowded at the top. So if you name any kind of network, like so years ago, I wanted to learn media buying. Well, very rapidly, I got myself in the circle of all the best media buyers in the world. Um, Did I want to do media buying on a daily basis to grow my company? I wasn't sure. I quickly realized I didn't. However, acquiring all that knowledge and now building those relationships um, gave me access to then either hire the best media buyers in the world, which quite frankly gives you the same level of capability, uh, maybe even more so because you're leveraged. Um, and so whatever it is to the listener listening, whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is you want to accomplish, whatever it is you want to have, quit thinking about things as slow and arduous and just leap to wherever you want to be right now. And sometimes that has to mentally occur and then you got to back it up with your specialized knowledge or your accelerated learning to acquire it or the relationships you build or the money you acquire. I'm trying to think about it or the, you know, the things you, you do have to, uh, in my book, I talk about accelerated learning, finding your superpower. There are actually things you have to tie together so that you're not um, uh, disillusioned as you adopt a new philosophy. However, uh, just say, screw it, you know, just why wait, you know, just Put yourself there. Do whatever it takes to get there, and and look at everyone around you who are in that field. There's always a one to three percent of that group that really figured it out, and all the other guys are just kind of walking around bumping into each other, and they're sharing the same shit that doesn't work. So don't worry about them. Quickly figure out behind the scenes who is the pe- who are the people who got it figured out, and then go leap yourself into that circle. That's yeah. That's brilliant. How have you done that? You know, like let's go into some actual examples of how have you done that in your business? Yeah. So I mean, um, uh, you know, uh, I've done everything I've ever done. You know, like so when I came out of uh, college, I had my nursing degree. Um, I remember seeing Tony Robbins on stage doing like NLP and all this cool stuff, helping people. Well, I didn't want to follow Tony around and. And no, no disrespect to Tony, but I wanted to go learn that, so I went and got learned the NLP and hypnosis, and I learned all the stuff myself. And I started just doing the work with people, you know. And I didn't need permission from anybody, and I started getting just amazing results with people. Um, a couple of years later, you know, uh, after starting one business, which I'll skip that for now. That's it fine. Was, it was a mental toughness training business with books and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, for athletes. It, the the 
the market just wasn't big and they don't really have a lot of money if we're talking about how to create wealth. And I really like marketing. So I, I um, one of the mentors that I was uh, working uh, or studying from was talking about how he went into these niche markets like, uh, CP, like teaching CPAs and financial planners and or chiropractors how to grow their businesses. And um, I was like, well, hey, I'm in the wrong business. Can I work for you guys for free? You know, that's a leapfrog concept. Love that. Uh, and they were like, no. We don't do that. However, if you want to um, like buy a license off of us, we'll do that. So I bought the license, and I ended up doing all the research they told me to do. And we went. I went into the dental dental market. Now imagine this: I was twenty five, maybe twenty six, didn't know anything about dentistry other than I had to go and get my teeth drilled as a kid, and it was horrible. Um, had no idea how to teach a dentist how to market his practice, but I bought the licensing rights, like a business in a box, to go enter that market and. Um, you know, my first ad I ran, we made seven sales at over a thousand bucks each. And I think I spent like 1800 bucks. So. <laughs> there you go. You're hooked at that point. Yeah. We were off to the races and, um, you know, I did that business for nine years. So probably I'm going to be very conservative, but around 45 to $50 million in, um, consulting seminars, coaching in that market. And I didn't, I didn't, I came out of nowhere and, it actually frustrated a lot of the people that had been in that market for years and years and years. <laughs> you know, I, I yeah, I love that. And what I, what else I love is the fact that like I was just having a couple of conversations that are exactly along this line uh, in the past week, and one of them I posted on my Facebook wall last night, and I don't. It ties in perfectly to what you just said, and I had you know it's totally unconnected. But so there's a guy named Charlie Hain. Who I don't know if you've heard of him. I think he used to work with Tim Ferriss and Tucker Max and some people. And he's got a great TED talk about the new way to work, and it's really about working for free. It's finding, yeah. you know, finding that way to hey, how can I add value? And I'll do it for free. I'll take it even a step further. So you offered to do that, which is cool. I'll take it even a step further, which is how can I pay somebody to work for them, like a reverse internship, right? And that's really just almost like a mentorship or buy a license. Hey, look, I'll, I'll put money down so that I can get in the game and that I can learn. Um, the other conversation came up when I was talking to my my cousin about her son, my my, other, my second cousin, Michael, who's 21 years old. And, you know, he's at that age, you're trying to figure out, you know, what to do, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of his friends are getting internships and, uh, you know, competing for the zero dollar thing. And I was even saying, you know, so many kids, if they just understood that you can get out there and find what you want to do and instead of working for free for somebody, take some of that money. Maybe even you take a year or a half a year off of college and you use that money to pay for a mentor, be their apprentice. And now you're saying, listen, I may be your intern, but I'm not, I'm not filing stuff. I want to train. I want to shadow you. I want to learn what you've got. But so few people do that and it really is leapfrogging what everybody else is doing by thinking creatively sometimes making a financial sacrifice sometimes it's time sometimes it's both but realizing there's people out there who would welcome you with open arms to work with you and to uh, mentor you and let you get in front of the line versus everybody else so it's just funny that you know you're bringing these things up, and I was having these conversations just the other day that you don't have to. I don't. I don't believe in paying your dues either. Y- yeah, I mean, I take that back. I, I don't believe you need to. You, you pay them differently. You're yeah, right. You, you, you invest. You actually a better way I would put it is you invest your your time, effort, and energy differently 
with a, a uh, an accelerated intention in mind to be amongst a certain quality of people, and you're you're not going to settle for anything but that, right? So I'll give you a quick example. So. Um, uh, you're going to have a certain guest on one of your shows soon that we just were te- talking about. Very wealthy guy. Absolutely. Total badass in every single way. Um, and a guy who I would just like to have more uh, access and a deeper relationship with, right? Yep. So after doing an interview with uh, him, one course of action is to say... Uh, dude, can I like go hang out with you and you know like like and can I take from you is really what I'm what I would be saying. Yeah. Uh, or the other course of action is to say to his you know marketing coordinator or to him, hey, what are, what are you trying to accomplish here? Like how you know like what's your plan? And you don't even need to say how can I best support you because you know I found recently I hate that line by the way. Well, because most people will say, no, I'm all good. Yep. So, so let's, let's look at it differently of like, listen more attentively. And then I've started and, and I, you know, like, uh, I, I, I guess we connected you with him just on my, on Facebook yep. and perfect timing, but there's people in our industry who, uh, know everybody in the podcasting world, in the book promotion world. And that is a type of guy who it's it's worth like I said to one of my uh, a guy who works in my office he he used to work for me in a dental business and he just he hasn't left I guess so he's still here but uh, (laughs) um, I said to him I go you know think about it this way what if I took 10 grand and hired the best uh, PR uh, broker for him and he didn't even know it but all of a sudden, all the best intros started coming his way on behalf of me. Isn't that awesome? So, I, okay, that, you're, you're, that, would be, that would be worth my ten grand. That really, there's no tangible. You're playing the long game. The playing the long game and relationship equity, man. Ed, you're gonna love this. Okay, I'm gonna. Sh- the, the the listeners won't be able to hear this. We're on Skype. I'm gonna share my screen with you. Okay. So this is my conversation yesterday. Can you see what I'm highlighting here? I have, to, I have to expand it. One second, buddy. One second. All right. So here's what I said at the very end, where I was set, where we had just set it up, and I said, "P.S. If you're looking to do more podcast appearances, I'm happy to reach out to others with equally or larger audiences." Yeah. So I'm already doing exactly what you said, and it, like you know, just proactively, you and I think a lot alike, and I think that's, yeah, well, it's has, coming from the right place, so I love it. Bingo. Now, furthermore, I want, to ex- I want to expound on what you just said. Hey, man, how can I support you? So a lot of people ask that. And one of the – there's two problems with that. One, it's, it's so general that it doesn't really – you know, number one, it doesn't jog the person who's being asked that's brain to think like, I don't know. You know, if nothing's really pressing on your brain right now, it's you – know, you're not going to get an answer out of it. So it's almost like, a, hey, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. You don't even think about it. So one of the questions I ask on every single one of my podcast guests, and I will actually ask you at the end of this, or maybe I ask you now, I go more specific. I say, Ed, what's a nut you're trying to crack right now? Whether it's a resource you're trying to get, a person you're trying to meet, a skill you're trying to learn, uh, a challenge you're having, what's something right now that's just kind of keeping you up at night or causing a headache? 
Yeah, I and because that is going to make people think like, oh shit, well I you know I need to hire a new director of marketing or I need to hire a new web designer. I need whatever. It just get, get more specific. And I found when I do that with people, it actually makes them think, and I get answers out of them much more often than if I were to say, hey, how can I support you? Yeah, I totally love it. Love it, love it. So you are um, like right now. You're big. From what I've seen, and correct me if I'm wrong, I know you got your book coming out, and you've yep. got Inspired Wear. You got to the podcast, but Inspired Wear is uh, you've been working on this here recently for a while. What can you tell us about that, and how that ties into a much bigger picture? Yeah, well, let me let me give you, let, let's give listeners like so I so I, I left Frog again when I went into the health supplement business. I had been in the, in the consulting business or not consult, coaching and, and seminar business in the dental field for about nine years. And I got really bored around seven years in. Like I really did, like six and a half, seven years. And I was just like, man, I'm not, I can't keep doing the same stuff. This, And it's not – I mean I was making good money. We were growing our family. But one of the things that I didn't like, Brad, was that like um, – and the reason I'm sharing this is because of, of lifestyle design slightly. Yeah. And again, leapfrogging and time collapsing into stuff that I didn't know anything about. Um I knew my kids were going to get older and that they were going to have activities on the weekends and that dad didn't – A lot of activities on the weekends. Yeah. I mean like if you followed me around, I just did Kokoro Camp and um, it's the 51-hour Hell Week and um, some of my endurance training was just purely putting the rucksack on while I walked around my house because I never sit down. Like it's just – it's my wife's amazing. <laughs> she She never sits down. We are like literally. I could tell you, but it's been like one time in the last year where we actually sat on the couch together. It was great. Um, so I, I um, got. I, I, I was looking at different business options, and I could tell you every way to fail. And I think what most people don't realize is the transition out of a successful business or something you're doing successfully into another thing can be way harder than you think if you don't. This is where mentors come in play, but this is where good friends come into play to give you some real accurate thinking. And um, I, yeah, I don't need to go into all my mistakes here, but I made a lot of them. And but I did end up on top, and I did end up cracking the nut in this health supplement business. We created a phenomenal formula uh, where we were capable of uh, growing the business. We sold over you know fifty something million dollars in the last you know four and a half years. Our best year was $28 million. Uh, this year, this past year, was my best net profit cash flow-wise, meaning nice. the net profit that actually we made uh, had, had great positive cash flow. And, um, uh, you know, the year we did close to $30 million, the net profit on the books was higher, but it was it, it's a long story there um there was a lot of lessons let's just put it that way okay. on what actually was taken out and so now i'm i'm back to where i want to teach again and um that's where the ed o'keefe show and now writing the books and stuff like that and i do have a small mastermind which i'm i'm real re i'm retooling because um, I'm an entrepreneur first. I like growing businesses. I am not a professional coach like a lot of these guys who all they do is coaching. I don't. That's not me, and I have no judgment against that. But I like like every day I get my reports on what our business is doing, and I love seeing that that um, PN, daily P and L. Um, and from a wealth building perspective, I have a system set up now that money gets flushed out of the account every day and goes into my wealth building account. So Dude, does, not, does that have I'm anything not, have you ever read Profit First by Mike Michalowicz? 
You know what? No, and I heard it's awesome. And it's uh, exactly about what you were talking about. Yeah, I had a mentor years ago, uh, Randy Davis, who I have had on my, uh, who shared with me a long time ago. The way he built his wealth was at the beginning of every month, he went down to a zero-based dollar, meaning he had to generate money. So he would take money literally out of his account, and it would flush over. So there was no money in the account. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Mike. Not to not to rabbit trail too much off of this, but Mike no, was saying I've, I've heard it's great, so feel free to go. Well, yeah. like he was saying that most he goes, my my goal is to cure entrepreneurial poverty, right? Which is, hey, yeah, I'm making a lot of money gross, but my net is either the same or smaller because he goes, we look at profit as the bottom line. That's just what we call it because it's revenue minus expenses equals profit. And yeah. he says I train people to do revenue minus profit equals what you're allowed to expend in your business and grow with. So engineer that profit in first. Understand that you know, out of every sale, the first thing that's going to go into an account, he calls it you know, your profit first account. And then he'll, he'll have like five accounts set up, like a tax account, a payroll account, a profit account, and then everything else flows into your operating expenses. So that yeah. means you might, you might be up, you know, your revenue may have grown quarter by quarter, year by year. That doesn't mean you necessarily just go spend all that and hire a new employee and get a new office space unless, you know, you've paid yourself first. And that makes so much sense because as entrepreneurs, we don't do that. Back in the corporate world, I did that. Every dollar I made, I put 10% into savings for sure before I did anything else. But as an entrepreneur, I spend everything I got. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, um, what's the guy's name? Who's Mike, the Mike McCallowitz. He also wrote Pumpkin Plan and Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. And oh. there, I, I interviewed him on one of my episodes, and I'm happy to make an introduction if you ever want yeah, to meet him. Yeah, because he's um, like, um, you know, Brad, I turned 40 this past year, and I know some listeners are probably like, wow, you're way young, and some are really like, yeah, dude, you're getting older. And um, we, like I said before, my wife and I have seven children under the age of 11, <laughs> and, and, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, you earn those bruises in, in growing, like, you know, like in, like in those, or my, my twenties to even thirties and transition to this business, <clears throat> the, the amount of built up wisdom that comes off of that is very high. However, if you don't, the, the one thing I actually, my wife and I are looking at investing in something right now, right? Mm-hmm. And the bank's not giving us the appraisal we wanted. Um, and I was like, so then that means we would have to use more cash. And I said to my wife, I'm like, you know, why why should we go backwards um, on this when, I mean, as an entrepreneur, I can just go generate more, which I could. Yeah. But, I, but I'd rather je- I'd rather say that money that we've already put in our wealth account and savings is not touchable for stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, you got to segregate it out because it's too tempting to just shove it back into your own business. Yeah, however, if I say, look, I'm going to go run a seminar in eight weeks, and if I whatever I generate off that is going to go to the this this uh, Love account, yeah, yeah, or this investment. Like, so mm-hmm. then we're just saying we're going to say, look, we're going to strategically say these next eight weeks, I'm going to do a seminar, charge two grand a pop, I'm going to give everybody my best stuff ever, and let's say if I got a hundred in there, that's two hundred grand take out expenses and then say we got 150 grand left over that can be uh added to what we were gonna you know really what it was is just uh how big it sounds so snotty but it's not it's like how big of an addition are we putting on our already pretty big house right but we we live in a victorian so all the rooms are so freaking small <laughs> tiny closets and- i mean you should it is we have no mud room we have no i mean it's just i, I know i it's really it's really funny it's we i sounds slightly spoiled but it's not trust me 
uh, there's nowhere for everybody to sit. Yeah. We can't all sit in the same room. It's comical. <laughs> yeah. That is funny. But no, anyway, yeah, I didn't want to rabbit trail too much about that, but I think that was brilliant what you said about how, yeah, you do pay yourself first on that, and it's something that so many entrepreneurs, including myself, have failed to do in the past. So, Brad, I mean, can I share one more thing? So, like, yeah. you got, you got um, a seminar coming up uh, in San Diego. It's the, you know, that we all... TNC? That, yeah, Traffic and Conversion, right? Mm-hmm. And you're gonna see. This isn't a real. This is a realization that hit me over the last two years, you know. And um, you're gonna see some of the smartest internet marketers in the world in, in a room, but there's probably only a small percentage of the room that actually have any like uh, net worth built up. Oh right? yeah. So why is that? And and the reason is is probably what Profit First talks about. My mentor Randy said is that. You know, most guys are, 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 you know, it is cool to have lifestyle design, but why not have lifestyle design after you um, have profit first in mind so that you're strategically moving so when we wake up 10 years from now, you are in the place that you wanted to be, right? And my, my mentor Randy talked about power spending. And what he meant by that was like, look, instead of spending a lot on everything, what gives you true joy in your life? And and go ahead and splurge on those things, but don't splurge on everything. Yeah, you know, selective splurging. <laughs> like yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Like if you want to go, like if you want to take your family on a trip, have two babysitters, get in the best suite ever, because that's kind of what we have to do, mm-hmm. and not stress it. Well, earmark that money and then spend twenty grand on your vacation. Ninety nine point nine percent of the population would think you're insane, but who cares? But then again, you can't go and, uh, uh, you know, like we have one, we have a, um, a car we've had for nine years. It's our, uh, it's a Denali, which is an awesome car. But, you know, the check engine light always comes on. The sensors are there. And my wife and I both kind of look at each other like, you know, we should buy another car. But then we both say, like, screw it. Let's see if we can get another year or two out of it. You know, it, it, yeah. that's the kind of balance, right? Bingo. But then you'll go splurge on the big bait. Yeah, I like it. You know, yeah. I've got a, I've got a theory on what you just said. I've thought about this too. Like, why is it that so many people that we know make so much money and have, you know, they're, they're, they're broke, but they, they make a lot of money. And there's two things, especially as it applies to the world of kind of internet marketing and quote unquote lifestyle entrepreneurs. So most of the people that I've met who've had a lot of success did not were not astute businessmen or you know did not come from a big business background prior to getting these windfalls of cash online maybe they were you know bored they were sitting in their parents you know basement or whatever and they figured out how to make money online and hey here comes the cash that doesn't mean that they they really have a good grasp of sound business practices is a like they stumbled into success and b in our world, making money is relatively easy. It's, it's a lot easier, although there's, it's not easy. It's easier than in the world of, uh, I don't know, just the general corporate world. You just said, hey, maybe, well, maybe I'll throw together in the next couple months a seminar, make a couple hundred thousand dollars. Like The rest of the world does not think like that. It's just that would blow their mind to think that that's possible. Yeah, they, all right. can, I, can I expand on this a little bit? Or just can't Please, go, go for it. I love it. So I, I think the first trap, like, and I do talk about this in my book, is like, you know, your first success trap is like, holy shit, you know, and you can, sorry if I'm swearing too go much. Go for it. No, go for it. He's like, wow, I got all this money. So like, I remember one launch we did, we did like 1.6 million in a, like a 72 hour period, right? <laughs> now, 
Knowing what I know now, what I would have done was said, okay, 20% needs to come out because that needs to go to like refunds of problems that we're going to have with out of the 100 customers, right? Yep. There's, there's going to be some of these guys that are just not going to, are going to flake out and be refunds. So let's just take 20% off the top. Then you got um, another, you have literally cost of goods sold of, of delivering. So that would have came out. And then you literally have, um, and we didn't do any joint ventures. I've never done those big launches with gajillions of JVs. It's not my style. Um, and then you have taxes. I didn't, at, like, you know what, what uh, Profit First talked about is he has the different accounts. I have those different accounts. You know why I did it? Is I, I'm, I'm forcing my, I forced my bookkeeper to open them up because even though she would say, well, I have it earmarked. And even though my accountant thinks he has it all understood, I was like, you know, I've been down this freaking road before, and the fact of the matter is there's nothing worse than getting to uh, owing taxes, which is all of our largest expenses, um, and, you know, you owe a couple hundred grand that you didn't budget, so now your yeah. next year your next year is you're, you're already behind, right? So, so that's a couple things. The other thing is that, you know, you're taught, hey, go buy a car, go buy a house, okay? So now you got two things that necessarily were things you didn't, quote unquote need, especially in the day and age of Uber, dude. I mean, you guys are all crazy San Diego, man. Um, and then I'm trying to think of my other thing. I think the other thing is that, you know, um, where some guys who have like finance degrees and like go to a more, a little more, uh, nah, let me go this, this round. I think there is a little bit of that, um, uh, uh school of hard knocks where you know, you made all this money and you're sitting there going, well, where to go? That forced, like me, I'll just share my experience to say, screw this shit. I'm, every single dollar is is money that either uh, is going in my, towards my kids' college funds and my wealth account, or it's getting splurged on and it's allowing other people to, you know, to manage it. Um, and, and, you know, you got to make that choice. Uh, there's one other thing I wanted to share with you. Um, there was a guy at Build, Grow, Scale, which is a great event. Tanner Lowe's do a great job, um, who talks about as he sends money out for his business, he considers them to be soldiers. And they need to be coming back with more than what he sent out. Who was saying that? Uh, I'm, I'm, his name's uh, escaping me. Because I think I, I remember got, that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, I got one more thing to share on the money thing. And, you know, I'm, and let me just frame this for everybody. I am not the money expert. However, this is my journey of learning it. My brother-in-law, Brian Farley, who uh, has sold a company for, he took it, started from zero, phenomenal entrepreneur, and sold it, I think it was just under $500 million. Um, it was a medical device company. And then he became a CEO again and IPO'd the next company. Sent me over a spreadsheet that he uses to teach his kids about the value and power of money. And so what he said, you know, what it says in the spreadsheet is um, like $1 that of income really only has about 60 cents of spending power. Uh, because of taxes? Yeah. Yeah. And I might be off a little bit, so any of you anal people out there who are like, this guy's wrong, <laughs> just, just relax a little bit. Loosen your belt. But um, it's something crazy like that. Like if you look at it, if you start, you know, and that every dollar, so if you go buy this $60,000 car, $100,000 car, you had to generate $140,000 in income 
to then go buy that $100,000 car. So now that car actually costs you way more. Yeah, know? my dad instilled that in me a long, long time ago. And I'm really grateful for that because I think about that. Like, man, actually, okay, this is $10,000. Well, I actually have to make $14,000 minimum, right, to, to afford yeah. that. Yeah. Or maybe more than that. Maybe it's like, what, what is it, like sixteen or $18,000 at 40%. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. That, that really wakes people up when they see it. The, uh, profound effect on my consciousness today. Profound effect. Mm-hmm. So every dollar of net profit that we have coming in, I already know 42, I just I just earmarked around 40% goes away. Like I just, it goes in a, we put it in a tax account and savings account and there's certain percentages we split off and the rest goes into the wealth account. And then we got the business has to, so so one thing that I'll share with a lot of people is that I, if you if you go on like Ed O'Keefe show and stuff like that, you'll see I don't promote my coaching club a lot or my working with me. And the reason I don't, Brad, is because my business is churning off um, uh, cash. And I, I've been reading a lot more investment books lately. And I've realized that like, holy crap, like I could spend 40 hours trying to find one investment that might make over 20 you know, if I was a world-class investor, right, mm-hmm. I, I would make, you know, let's just pretend 15 to 30%. That's totally hypothetical because I, my, I have another brother that's a super uh, talented investor, and I'm sure, I think you've interviewed a couple guys. Like, there's people out there who are world-class at that. They've spent the last yeah. 30, 40 years doing it. Well, so I can go start studying that and uh, barely make a dent in my wealth. Or I can look at – so what we do have a, 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 an opportunity to do when you have an internet business or a direct response or a business that can generate customers and, and, and create value for customers is you can, for very little money, generate an asset that – like let's say you do make um, – let's just say you only made $100,000 net a year. Okay. If you put that, if you if you had a portfolio that was paying you a hundred thousand net, assuming ten percent um, return rate, you'd have to have a million dollars invested. Mm-hmm. However, you can generate, and this kind of goes to when you look at time collapsing in a business. The number one place to look at is by focusing on a customer acquisition uh, model that works. And that can be profitable or, or a business model that can be profitable after a certain amount of time. Um, you can have the same equivalent of what would take somebody a million or five million. So like five million would require like if you have you net profit. Ten percent. Five hundred thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Five hundred thousand. But then, you you know, like the real way you want to do it is you only take out five percent, reinvest the other five percent. Right. That's yep. how compound. So. So the way you do that is you first, when you're looking at building wealth, is where is my core selling proposition and system that I can build so that I could I could reap those rewards and then grow from there, right? And so I spend a lot of time not running my business, but managing just the global chunks to make sure that we can still grow, and that we're, and that my my portfolio, quote unquote, is uh, moving in the right direction. Now that that's so smart, and it's one of those things that obviously it's been learned by hard knocks, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hard knocks. And sometimes pulling down businesses, like we have a mutual friend that I, I love to death, and I know you do, 
that really like my advice to them right now is slow down your business because you need to allow cash flow to catch up to uh, your run rate, your run rate being your top line revenue and your customer acquisition. One of, your, you, one of your recent guests on your show, right? Yeah. <laughs> How did I know? They're, they're, killing it. they're doing a great job. But one of the things I found when we grew really fast is that, you know, you, sometimes cash flow, unless you have a, a lot of uh, line of like a lot of uh, like a large line of credit to borrow off of to help fund the growth, like because some businesses you can grow to death. You can grow into debt. So, you, you know, one of the things I would have done differently, why, like, I shrunk my business back down is I didn't plan for growing to $30 million, uh, which means I didn't have money set aside to help with inventory demands with, um, yeah, I mean, inventory was the main main function that that really caught cut into my cash flow. Sure. You know? Sure, yeah, that's, that's a, uh, I actually want to do it. <laughs> I want to do a podcast episode about that exact same thing, like in totality, because I've talked to several people about this, and I'm actually, you know, going into a, you know, working with the, in a physical product business now, where although that's not an issue now, I, I want to make sure that I'm prepared for it, you know, when, when that time hopefully comes. Um. So, Ed, what about what, what are you doing right now? Like, what is your big big focus? Obviously, you're still running the uh, supplement business. But you've yeah, got some so other cool stuff I, you're doing. Yeah, so in the supplement business, I put primarily a, uh, a acting CEO in place of me. So okay. I'm training him right now to run the operation. Um, and we're training up some people because for so, – so what you don't – sometimes when you've been doing something for a long time, you don't realize how much you actually know and how much people, even though it might be like just two minutes here or three minutes there, they rely on that knowingness. Yeah. Um. And so there's some people I'm training up and I, I'm looking at, we have like a couple strategic initiatives that once we hit those, it's really going to go to um, probably bring on one or two more talented people, mm-hmm. uh, e-commerce side. Um, and I, you know, then, you know, possibly acquiring another supplement business that those are some other things that we're just in discussions and looking at. Um, but my passion right now, so I started a company called Inspired Wear, which I, I shut down. And, and the reason I shut it down is because I'm going to move it underneath my Ed O'Keefe shell. It was too demanding to have a, uh, a shopping cart with, I have to hire a whole new infrastructure. And yep. so I didn't love, it wasn't, it wasn't getting to the end result that I was looking for. And, um, um, uh, so right now my podcast and writing my book. So my book, Art of Time Collapsing, is it should be finished at the end of this month. I've said this too many months in a row. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's kind of funny. The book about collapsing time frames is taking uh, way too. <laughs> um, Ironic, isn't it? Right. Yeah, and then you know I've really freed up. This is the year I'm freeing up time to focus on my podcast and growing my uh, tribe of awesomeness. Um, uh, and I love it. I'm really loving uh, creating what I, you know, as you had said, like getting to talk to amazing people like yourself and also um, just having this space in my life where I get to read and study people and what they're doing and then actually have an opportunity to share that with the world. Uh, I, I really think it's an honor, to be honest with you. And, um, I think we're lucky that this is a new medium. Now, going back, just for your listeners, you know, what's so powerful about like what you're doing uh, here um, 
with bacon bacon wrap business is um I was struggling between the ages of twenty two like twenty right out of college and it took me like four years. I lived off of interviews. Huh. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. There was only really one guy doing interviews back then and that was Joe Polish. And I, I would just get his, you know, twenty nine bucks a month, his genius network, and I literally listened to those interviews over and over and over and over again. And now, man, I mean, I tell you, when I get in the car, I'm listening to podcasts. Yeah, like, same here. I don't listen to radio in the car at all or music even. Yeah, so I think we're blessed, man. I think we're really, really blessed. I think the listeners are blessed because they have an opportunity to, to tap into things that, just quite frankly, you wouldn't have access to. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. So Ed O'Keefe show is growing and growing and people can – you you definitely need to go over there and listen to that. But so the – the uh, inspired wear. You said you shut it down, but you're bringing it back. So can wh- yeah. what, what can you tell us? What is inspired wear? Well, inspired wear was assuming of, you're bringing it back. If you're not bringing it back, then you can forget it. Yeah, I mean, so so I I, I started designing shirts and clothing that that I felt were uh, identity shaping, inspiring, man. Because like, listen, like you can't do great things and be uninspired. You have to. Freaking believe in yourself. Talk to yourself in inspiring ways. If you don't think you're a badass, it's probably because you're not doing anything worth feeling like a badass about. You know. Yep. Uh, um, and if that's the case, don't stress about it, but just change it. You know, add it to it. And you know, you know what my secret is on this too, man. Hmm. The thing about resetting, like our all, like our own personal awesomeness, like the of, of is to find the environment where all you got to do is show up, and then the rest will take care of itself. And so, what I mean by that is, like when I did uh, Seal Fic Coral Camp, which not everybody uh, would want to do, it's it's <laughs> like, it's a mini Hell Week experience. I was just better because of the people around me, and I was better because of the coaches, even though they were yelling at us and beating the shit out of us. Like it was awesome. It was like awesome. And if you've ever gone and like for me, this is my mode, right? If you've ever gone into the right martial arts gym and trained with the right instructors and been surrounded in the right environment, you could be the biggest weakling ever and and come out of there feeling like you found like your home. I love CrossFit, right? My wife loves Zumba. So whatever it might be for you, you got to find it. And the reason why this is, Brad, is the whole, you know, the whole power of five, right? You become who you surround yourself with the, you know, daily and whatever. Yep. Um, you know, people like doing in the beginning of the year all their, uh, what do you call it, uh, resolutions and stuff. The, the number one thing is who are you going to spend more time with and who are you going to cut out of your life so that you can kind of accelerate? Have you, uh, have you ever heard that quote? Do you know who Charlie Tremendous Jones is? Do <laughs> um, you know that I, famous uh, quote? Yeah, give me the quote. Um, you're the, you're the, you'll be the same person you are – wait, you'll be the same person in five years yep. from now as you are today except for the books you read and the people you meet. Zero question. And it's and the books you read can be books you read, uh, info, like podcasts you listen yeah. to, info courses, like the the stuff you learn. Yeah, there's, and, zero, there's zero question on that, right? Yeah. I also love we were talking about kids. So he said, uh, you, you, you may have heard this story, but he said when he was raising his son, he told him, um, you know, there's a lot of books I'd like you to read, son, and uh, you know they're not going to give these to you in school. Maybe it's Think and Grow Rich. Maybe it's art. You know. How to influence, win friends and influence people. So he would pay his son 
for book reports. And depending upon how good the book report was, he'd give him more money. Maybe it was 50 bucks, maybe it was 100 bucks, but he would give his son assignments. And especially when his son was like, yeah, I, I want to buy a car someday. And he's like, well, here's how you can buy a car. Read all these books. So he got to he got to give his son all the books he wanted him to read. When it came time when he was 16 years old to buy a car, he had the money to do it, but he decided not to. He invested more into education and uh, and maybe into a started a business with that money or did something else as opposed to just wasting it on a car because now he had developed so much knowledge about really how to do that. I just love, I love Charlie Tremendous Jones. Rest in peace. Yeah, that's, that's wicked, man. That's wicked. <laughs> so no, I am the king of going on rabbit trails. So that's all right. Hey, so what is, what are uh, stuff like differently now that you're married? Uh, luckily <laughs> almost nothing. So uh, I was, uh, you know, I met my, now wife nine years ago when we got married about six months ago so we dated for and lived we dated for nine years we lived together for about six of those years and um the good news is we've been through the ups the downs and the sideways and luckily there's been no surprises and it's just you know i knew i knew it would work when we went into it and um i i could ask for nothing better than no surprises there's there is that I do love the fact that you know I, I do love being married and it's it's awesome and that just that knowing that we are is kind of cool. I didn't really expect to have that, but uh, as far as lifestyle changes, there have been zero, which is cool because we have a great lifestyle. So <laughs> no surprises in my in my in my life is a kind of a good thing. But um, so let me ask you uh, maybe a couple selfish questions here. Yeah, good I'll get you on the phone. Sure. So. I have heard you talk about um, – oh, we briefly mentioned how you know when every business that you've gone into, you've gone into not – I mean it's been a new business model, not something you're just continuously building upon the stuff you know and getting better at one business model. You're like, screw it. Let's get into the supplement business because I've never done that. And it's a competitive as hell market. So I have talked – very little about this on the uh, podcast, but I'll start to talk about it more. So my wife uh, is launching, and I am helping. I say my wife. My wife and I are both launching a coffee business. You know, it's a, and it's a, we're really proud of it. And she's been a she. You know, she's really an expert at coffee and roasting and all this other stuff. So we have decided to go into a very very competitive market. And we don't know a lot about it. Luckily, I know a lot about marketing. She knows a lot about coffee. But in general, this is, an, this is a new world for both of us. I've heard you talk about going into competitive markets and jumping in and collapsing time. Are there any – and this is the very, very beginning for us on this. Is there any advice you have for – and that's a pretty broad question – but in going into those things, like the things to focus on, the things to not be distracted by, because there's a, mil- it always feels like there's a million moving parts when you don't know, you know, when you're when you're operating out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think very specifically, you need to know. Uh, I mean, I was actually, uh, yeah. So so this would be my my. No matter who I'm talking to about this, right? Um, who's in the current market, how are they marketing themselves, is there anything comparable to what you're trying to do that you can model and... Uh, Modeling is, yeah, huge. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, and that's something I talk a lot about and everything I do. So so meaning like, um, uh, you know, because there is a way to make a fail-proof business model, right? So you, so for example, like, you know, you look at um, Dollar, Dollar Shave Club, hmm, yeah, uh, and then you notice there's a couple other ones that are popping up, 
the biggest question, so the sales system isn't really, so then that's already out there. So it's working. It's, it's people like it, don't like it. You're going to pick up guys who don't like Dollar Shave Club. Uh, you're going to pick up ones who, who just, you know, who do. Um, but the, the question then becomes is, okay, so if we have the same sales model and we can get similar conversion rates, right? So we're getting a similar, uh, there's, there's ways to figure out where they're getting their traffic, you mm-hmm. know, so uh, let's say it's Facebook, YouTube, whatever. Yep. And then you could, you could pretty much figure out estimated what it's costing them to get a customer. Mm-hmm. And then at that point you look at your, 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 uh, cost of delivering a product and you look at what is our target cost of acquisition and does, do the, does the money make sense? And if you could be profitable right there, then you 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 know that's what you want to know what our baseline numbers are. And like I could tell you right now that a company like Dollar Shave Club probably goes negative tremendously on their first uh, acquisition experience. However, they they um, they probably know. No, I, I don't say probably. They probably. They know with certainty what their three-month run rate is, six-month, nine-month, and 12-month. Because they needed to know that before they can go raise whatever amounts of millions they did. Mm-hmm. And once you know that, then you can go negative six months, nine months, because the return on uh, invested cash flow is a return on, uh, yeah, I think it's the return on uh, equity or however these money guys talk. Um is, is going to turn off more than they're put into the company. So so those are the basic things. Like, what, how are we getting our customers? What is it costing us? And what's the what's the uh, what's left over afterwards? And then after that, um, what's our you know three month, six month, nine month, twelve month? Uh, and I actually I for most of our businesses, it's really three and six. Mm-hmm. You know, like well, when my when my brother in law grew his business, it, it was a little different. Like they had to grow. Um, and this isn't him. Um, there's not, yeah. There's no private information here because there's not like they were doing medical devices. Well, their biggest thing was they had to get approved by FDA. Once they got approved by FDA, I think it was FDA. Then they had to do doctor education, right? Yeah. So they had the same metrics that you and I had. It was like, what does it cost for us to to get one doctor uh, out of the say thirty thousand doctors in this space? There might have been more or less. I'm making that up. And it may have cost them $20,000 to get one doctor to start doing their medical devices. They may have broken even at three years. Wow. But after three years, it was profitable. So they're looking at you know, 10, 12, 20 years down the road. So it's just interesting. Like, so that's the difference in how bigger business with, with uh, a lot more money. Yeah, that's, and that's the interesting part about mine. It's the, it's the only real scary part about what I'm doing is the fact that I don't know what my cost of acquisition will be. I can, it, it's even kind of hard for me to approximate it. I know I'm working with a smaller margin, but, um, and I also have no idea how long that stick rate yeah, will be. You're only going to know once you spend a little bit of money and get some data. And yeah. then once you get that data, you know, and that's why a lot of us that are just cash flowing businesses, which I've cash flowed every business on my own, um, is, and then when we were in direct mail, I, I, you know, we got up to almost mailing a million dollars of, uh, uh, a turn, which was like every really? six weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and direct mail is still a good business. You just got to know what business you're in. So, if, I'll, I'll give you a quick example. So, for guys like we have some clients that are in the direct mail business, and they're spending you know 120, 130 thousand dollars out of the gate 
per test, and they're doing six of those a year. Well, you got to have some capital, man. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's all positive. It's just a matter. Now, were you doing that? Uh, was that supplement business, or were you doing that much money? That was Marine D3, man. Wow. That was, you know, and we're looking at possibly going back in it um, as one of our multi channel strategies. So it worked out well, huh? It worked out really well, but I again, I didn't have the capital lined up prior to scaling that. Yeah. So, so like you know, hopefully it makes sense. But it would take me, um, say, six weeks to break even. Well, we were already turning over our next thing, and I, six weeks when you start scaling up to you know eight hundred thousand pieces. <laughs> It probably pushes back to eight to eight weeks to twelve weeks because um, you're you're renting a lot more lists, which means there's more volatility in your your thing, and it just takes more time to break even. Um, the good news is those customers are great customers because they're um, most of them are supplement buyers. They like product, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, the downside was it just took you. Then you had to wait for me to wait on a cash flow cycle. I'd have to wait like 12 weeks to mail again. And that, you know, then I started, I started testing online and we were getting our money back within five days. So that was a different business, right, bro? Yeah, absolutely. So here's, here's one thing that I see and I'm, hopefully my listeners appreciate this. I'm like pulling back the kimono here and talking about some stuff that um, I'm facing. So my business model in the beginning, it really is, there is a, um, you know, the the order comes in, we, you know, we roast, et cetera. There's not a big inventory issue. It's almost like, you know, we can roast this on demand. But as in as demand hopefully grows and grows and grows, we will um, we will be potentially needing to then go uh, larger scale and 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 do this at a you know, very much like you're you're talking about, like plan out. Okay, we're going to need. We know we're going to need to do two thousand pounds this month or whatever. Hopefully, yeah. Um, so what? What? And this applies not just to me, but to anybody. What do you recommend people can do early on in order to uh, prepare for? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. To prepare for that. So right out of the gate, I mean, you know, you want to have an inventory line of credit or some kind of uh, capital line of credit for your inventory, so you're not pulling out of cash that operating cash flow mm-hmm. um, and or net profit to go and sit in a factory. Yep. And those are some of the mistakes I, I made, right? So I was cash flowing. I felt good about cash flowing. I was like high-fiving myself in the back. But if you, if you can go get a line of credit for, I think, a four and a quarter or whatever, four and a half, I mean, you know, okay, on a hundred grand, I pay an extra five grand a year to borrow all that money and not have to come out of pocket at all. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? So, um, do you find that hard to get until no, you actually need it? Well, it just depends, bro. Like, I mean, in fact, I think it's probably easier if you probably get it early on. You're going to get a smaller line of credit, but if you start building that, re- you know, I never understood when reading books like Rich Dad Poor Dad and some of the other like wealth building books about why you're supposed to build relationships with a banker. Yeah, now you because- get it. Yeah, because they really, in, in like even um, investment bankers and having some of these relationships of uh, of what I would call money guys, and and I didn't know how to even talk to quote unquote money guys until like three years ago, and, and part of um, increasing your your 
understanding of why people invest in businesses helps you run your existing business better. Warren Buffett actually talks about it in a couple of his books, but I, for, I forget the book it is, but he talks about like being a business, uh, being an investor helps him be a bit better business owner, being a business owner helps him be a better investor. Totally. You know, um, you know, it's even like inventory management, bro. I, I learned that by going through the book, The Goal, which is uh, really about getting rid of limiting constraints. But it was the first time I ever saw like input, throughput, and output. And I was like, holy crap, this is, he's really talking about my business. Right. Apply it to that. Um, so those are a couple of things. And then I, yeah, I mean, besides, you know, from a cap, from cash flow perspective, getting that early on so you have it. Um, I wouldn't bring on partners or, or nope. people unless, like, the only way you would, um, like, even for money, guys, you know, just give them a, a nice rate on return. And, t- like, so, like, you have friends in your circle right now who would, uh, who would, who would not lend you the money, would invest, uh, or lend you based because it's an investment. So, one thing I said is I cash flowed everything. There, one thing's not true there. There was the one component when we bumped up to eight hundred thousand pieces yeah. where I needed I needed like some breathing room. So I went to a friend of mine and I said, "Look, I need one hundred fifty grand, and I'm willing to give this rate." And uh, he was like, "Well, no one's." He, so he did it right, and um, it helped me out a lot. Now, in hindsight, what I would have done is I would have done. I think I asked for a six month line of credit or a line. I would have done twelve months. Mm-hmm. And actually, Randy, my one mentor, said to me, always think you're going to need more and always think you're going to need more time. And yeah. <laughs> you know. That's a great point. So, yeah. Uh, yeah but so, oh man, you know, that actually brought up a, an idea. Like, I, I need to have an entire podcast episode just on partnerships. The good, the bad, the do's, the don'ts, because um, you're absolutely right. Like having, you know, you got to be really careful having partnerships and giving up equity and doing all of this other stuff. So, I'm with you on that. If you can get debt, it's way, way better than giving away a piece of your business in a lot of cases. But not all. Yeah, I'm a lone wolf, man. I've always been a lone wolf. Um, and, you know, Vinny always jokes to me. He's like, well, you don't, you don't like doing partnerships. I like doing joint venture deals, but I think partnerships, the reason is, is I, I like waking up. I like knowing that tomorrow I can wake up and say, you know what, I don't like this part about my business, uh, and I don't have to go get permission from anybody. You like being married only to your wife. Yeah, I, I think, and I think there's, um, you know, you can create a lot of intelligent strategic partnerships that have planned out properly on the front side. Yeah, um, can really make it a win-win for everybody. Also protecting your flexibility like especially in our world man like we we have so many people that want flexibility and there's there's a lot of disillusionment about like well if we do this we're going to grow faster together well that's not always true and also um like there's a lot of bullshit about like well if you scale really fast you're going to be more um acquirable well you may actually look more volatile Mm -hmm. and have less track history and also um you know, they, they people want return on their capital. So, um, you know, I know we're talking a lot about like, set, but I've tried. I, I, like, there was a couple of years where all I wanted to do was sell my supplement business, and um, I actually had a guy call me out of the blue wanting to buy it recently, and um, it made me re. And he he couldn't because there was <laughs> it was crazy. So he had a release. 
once he found out the ingredients in some, he was Jewish, and so once he figured out some of the ingredients in some of our supplements, he's like, "Oh, I can't, I can't uh, buy the company because I'm Jewish." Which um, I was like, "Okay, uh, that's cool with me." But it made me reevaluate like my thought process about how I was treating my business, right? Um, but a lot, but guys want profit; they want free cash flow. Unless they're like bigger investment bankers or private equity firms that are looking for. Uh, some kind of acquisition to put money into to grow faster to then flip it or uh, uh, accelerate their um, you know the, the speed at which money turns over for them so it might be a lower rate of return but they get more cash flow uh-huh yeah and there's just stuff like that so anyhow I like for what I like doing I like being capable of doing not not having um now when you bring in like a guy like the guy I'm training right now for my CEO and some of my team members, you are responsible for them. But then again, um, I was talking to Vinny about this. If the average person works 2,080 hours a week or a year, <laughs> some of us are a little crazy. Yeah. Um, why not look at that as another investment that if I spend some frontside time on these things, this person's going to go out for the next 2,080 hours this year and, and drill this down for me. So it's another form of, in, of building your wealth. Uh, by leveraging really, really good people. Yeah, that's the um, that's really the key to to scaling and to to getting bigger because we can only do it ourselves for so long. I mean, unless we're just want to be a content being a one man show lifestyle entrepreneur, that's a different story, and that's that's great. But um, yeah, that's one of my big focuses this year, and as I build this business, is to keep my eye on uh, bringing in the right talent and seeing that as a form of leapfrogging. Uh, zero question. Zero question. Dude, this has been awesome, Ed. I, uh, you know, we're we're over an hour, and I could talk to you for uh, a couple more hours. Yeah, but, likewise, man. Likewise. And, and this has been, you know, fantastic. But what I want to do, I, I want to wrap this up. But I want to encourage people that if you if you liked this conversation, and I, I had no set questions. I just wanted to talk to you and let everybody else eavesdrop on whatever topics we decided to come up with. And if you like the way that you know Ed and I talk together, and you like, you know, want to hear more about this, there's two things you can do. Well, obviously, subs- you know, hit that subscribe button if you're listening to this on iTunes for the first time and you're not a subscriber to my show. But you can also go hear Ed on his own podcast where he goes into this and a lot of other topics with a lot of other cool people that I haven't had on my show. And Ed is a guy who, as you can obviously hear, has been through a lot and he's seen it all and uh, I've, I've been listening to your show and I and I love the insights that you bring to the table and um, what's the best way obviously they can search Ed O'Keefe show on iTunes is there another way that they can get to you yeah I mean just edokeefeshow.com you can go ahead and log in I mean I I, I um, you know since I've done the seminars I, I'm probably going to run some seminars in the next year I'm kind of are just still going through it I love face to face I love like I love just doing this stuff live rather than preparing all this crap and notes it, it's totally just, and um, so at com and at O'Keefe Show on iTunes but you, can I say one more thing Brad? yeah absolutely uh, one thing I've noticed with all the guys that have made it and gals too females as well sorry I didn't mean to leave it up <laughs> they were willing to figure it out as they they went along 
yeah. and they just jump. Like, you know, the whole leapfrog concept is you go to the top, but sometimes you don't know what that top looks like. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't know how you're going to get there. But if your intention's that way and you're doing what I would call the the right, the, the, the big bigger chunks right, even though the smaller ones might not be working, it's kind of like if you ever came up behind like um like you know have you ever seen a have you ever seen a, a wave a, a wake like, so we have a wake boat at our lake house yeah yeah I've seen those and if you ever come in if they ever come in off the ocean we'll see like the ocean you have the um you have the um the waves that are coming in and but if if my kids are in the water and I come in fast and then all of a sudden stop and then the boat will settle but then what comes behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the wave that the wave, yeah, like the wave. And um, what I like to think about is that by you being the engine and pushing things forward, you have to remember that you're also building this like undertow of a wake that is going to pull and build momentum. Um, at our last mastermind, I talked about being the tectonic shift, mm-hmm. not the not the tsunami. Everyone sees the tsunami and they go, "Oh wow, look how big it is." Well, they forget that something earth-shattering happened you know, possibly hundreds of miles offshore. They created that. Yeah, and so if you think about that in a success concept, you may be doing things under the surface for a while uh, before it starts showing up. What you need to just do is decide what is it you want to focus on under the shore so you're not getting immediate gratification so that in a year or two, you just you you rattle the entire planet by what you've created. I love that. It, it reminds me of a uh, of a saying that one of my close friends, big real successful real estate investor, used to say. He's like, um, "I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go into the jungle and shake a tree to get a coconut. I'm gonna drop a bomb and get them all, <laughs> right? Like, be the, you know, yeah. that that kind of a thing. Like, make if you're gonna make an impact, make a big impact." I love it, dude. That's so cool. Ed, man, I appreciate all of your time. I appreciate all the listeners who are uh, tied into this. And I'm starting to get a lot of great – well, starting to get a lot more great feedback via email. Like I've got a personal email I give out if you guys want to get a hold of me and let me know what you like, what you hate, what you – you know who you want to hear more from or how you want to get more resources on any topic that we talked about or even if you think you'd make a great guest for the show you can always reach me at askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com and if you jump on my newsletter which you can do at baconwrappedbusiness.com you'll notice that there's there's two things that I deliver and the main thing is you hear every time I uh, release a new episode send you an email notification so you don't have to always check your iTunes app or if you don't use iTunes you can hear them on the online but also occasionally I do some really good webinars and some trainings that I don't you know talk about elsewhere and I'm going to be doing some of those more in the very very near future so if you want to you know come a little bit more behind the scenes come over to baconwrapbusiness.com click the button and sign up for the newsletter Uh, Go also sign up for Ed O'Keefe's show and listen closely to what he's doing because if you are trying to grow your business or start a business, Ed is a wealth of information right there. Um, Ed, man, I appreciate your time today and I look forward to connecting. I'm sure I'll see you at Traffic Conversion here in San Diego. Oh, dude, I'm so – yeah, I look forward to seeing you. In fact, we're doing a uh, pre-day mastermind, so you're welcome – we can talk about something online, but you're welcome to join and and hang out with us and um, stuff like that. I think I have a couple of special guests coming too. That's awesome. Let me know. 
I love that ad the Mr. Brad stands to the list. You know it. All right, brother, I appreciate you and everybody else. I appreciate you as well. Keep on listening, sharing with your friends, and talking about the show. And we'll talk to you guys real soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody.